Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the NBA Exchange. I am your host, Dexter Henry. Got a shortened version today of the show, not going live, but you know the thing we cannot not have on Wednesdays. That is NBA with nuance, and that means joining me as usual is my man, Mr. No Hot Takes, anti-Hotep Handles, <laughs> anti-Boston Celtics, we'll get to them in a second, uh, anti-Larry Bird over KB, <laughs> all of that, my man Gerard Hector. Gerard, how are you doing on this Wednesday, man? Listen, man, doing good. You know how we do it here in Nuance, baby. No hot takes. Go watch them corny-ass shows if you want those hot takes. Not here. Not here. But we got some hot topics to talk sure about. Did. And one of the hot topics surrounding things in the NBA is what the hell is going on in Beantown? What is going on with the Boston Celtics? Now, Gerard, I know you saw this the other night after they lost their third straight game. I mean, there's Boston Celtics fans freaking out. Some of them are like, man, we wish we had Brad Stevens back. I know Gerard is part of that <laughs> fan club, too. Wish Brad Stevens was back. But yeah, they have that corny ass Brad Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a 128 to 114 loss to the Chicago Bulls. And Marcus Smart had some very, uh, I would say, interesting comments following uh this game and i want to read the quote that marcus smart had to say he said every team knows we're trying to go to jason and jalen jason tatum and jalen brown that is after that game he said every team is programmed and studied to stop jason and jalen i think everybody's scouting report is to make those guys pass the ball they don't want to pass the ball very strong words from marcus smart what do you make of this are people reading into this too much? Is this not Celtics drama, Gerard? <laughs> I feel like it's drama. Or, or are people overreacting too early? Disaster in Beantown. Rip it up. Blow it up. It's all over. <laughs> no, 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 no. No hot takes here. Look, I mean, if you, the full totality of Marcus Smart's comments were are actually correct, right? Yes. Everyone knows in crunch time, teams want to get the ball in their best player's hands, right? That's the goal. Because the idea is, even if against the great defenses, our guys can create and get a shot off and we'll live with the results, right? But isolation possessions, hero ball, however you want to describe it, I mean, on average, you're talking about 0.907 points per possession. And that takes into account the idea that you could get fouled. That's not great. You're going to be able to work a better shot there, right? And so Marcus's point is like, it's fine that the ball is going to go to them. We know that. But they've got to advance to the point where they develop and they can create not only for themselves, but for their teammates, right? Even the best teams in the world, right? Like uh, when they're Golden State at their zenith, uh, Brooklyn last year at their zenith, like all these great Milwaukee. Sure, the ball will likely end up in their best player's hands. But oftentimes it'll be off of some other multiple action, a couple passes here and there, split cut, right? Something that causes the defense to think as opposed to, all right, top of the key isolation, just go one-on-one. Like, Look, that can still work, but that's a much easier play to defend when I know that's that's all I got to worry about. Them other four dudes ain't doing nothing. Cool. We're good. So here's the thing for me, Gerard. Anytime we have this where a player or a coach says something in the media, you have to wonder, okay, what's the impact of this? This is coming from Marcus Smart. I think a lot of NBA fans will say Marcus Smart is very well respected. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the league but he is not the best player 
on this team. No, he's not. This is a team that has a new head coach in M.A. Udoka. Mm-hmm. We joked about Brad Stevens as he failed upstairs to the office. We know about <laughs> all of that. But this is coming from what I think a lot of people and Celtics fans tell me this. This guy is the heart and soul of the Celtics. So he says this. The question then arises, what is the impact of his words? How does this actually impact the team? Or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kind of like, whatever, Marcus Smart. Well, it's a little bit of everything, right? You and I know one of the biggest things that can cause uh, a team to fracture is internal power struggle dynamics, okay? And what you have with Tatum and Brown are two guys that are in their mid, what, Tatum's 23, Jalen Brown's 25, I believe. So they're young. And what you potentially see brewing here is a fight over alpha status, right? Who is the man on the team? Whose team is it? And, you know, in years past, I'd be like, oh, it's, J- it's Jason Tatum. No, 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 question, no question about it, hands down. And look, there were periods last year where I was like, look, uh, Jalen Brown's playing better than Jason Tatum. And to start this year, Jalen Brown is certainly playing better. And that's a thing, okay? Whether you want to make it a big deal or not a big deal, guys, when they're that age and that young, think about that. Let's look, go all the way back to the Shaq, Shaq Penny Lakers, right? What's the reason that that didn't work out? Shaq was mad because Penny was getting commercials with Tyra Banks. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, these things matter when you're young and you got ego and hubris and, you know, you want to be the man. And they all talk about it. By the time they get older, they realize, man, that was some bullshit. That didn't really matter. But it matters when you're young. And so that is something to keep an eye on, you know, because if it turns into a situation where it's a power struggle and it's like a Tatum faction frac, uh, faction and the Brown faction, well, somebody's going to have to go. Which it's is a shame because mm-hmm. you do not get rid of two elite wing talents. Like, that's just stupid. Like, you don't do that. Yeah, we've seen these duos or great duos break up. You talked about Penny and Shaq, Shaq and Kobe, Marbury and Garnett. We've seen these kinds of, of fractures before among young stars. It's interesting you brought that up because the couple of times I've had Celtics writer Josue Pavon on the show, he has brought that up in talking about before this season sort of identifying whose team it was. The last time he was on here, I asked him whose team it was. He says it's still Jason Tatum's. He's the guy that's going to get the ball late in the games, even when he's struggling. We saw this in the first game of the season against the Knicks. He was a guy that still took the big shots and had the ball in his hands at the end of the game. I agree that's something to keep their eye on, Gerard. But then I also feel like there's another thing and another important question here. Okay, these are both young guys. We're hearing this from Marcus Smart. but when or is it time right now for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, one of them, if not both of them, to step up and show some leadership? When is that going to happen? You, if you're going to have the guy, Marcus Smart, that is not your best player being the strong vocal guy, which I'm sure Ime Doka appreciates, but one of your best players, you would also like to be your leader, too. They've got to show some leadership. Uh, you are dead on, Dex. Um in that, so that 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 event happened on Monday night. That that incident where where that, that those comments were made by Marcus Marcus Smart. It's telling that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, neither of them addressed the media following the game and, and, and with those comments. And the Celtics do not have a named captain uh, this season. Look, mm. ultimately, does you know see on your? I mean, it's not hockey, but you you get what I'm saying. Like, right, does that right, stuff right. matter? Yes and no. I, I think look. It some somewhere along the line, someone has to be declared the quote unquote leader of this team, right? And everybody's got to fall in line behind that. 
And there's all different kinds. You could have the vocal leader, right? I mean, because you, you look at a team like Golden State. Everyone would argue Draymond is the vocal leader of that team, right? Like heart and soul, all that, all that stuff. Steph's the guy, right? Like, mm. right, right? Like Steph Curry is the guy. Same thing in Brooklyn, right? KD is the guy. But Harden's probably the more vocal person in the locker room, barking out, doing what, doing what needs to be done, right? So you can have different types and different people hold different leadership roles. I think it's important that the Celtics kind of figure that out, especially with a first-year head coach in Ime Udoka, right? That there needs to be just a clear understanding of what's going on, who we're riding with. Because, look, you said it. Jason Tatum's still getting the shots in the clutch. If he's going to keep missing shots, how do you think dude's going to feel about that? He keep getting the ball. Right, he keep missing. Right. People are going to start looking at him kind of funny. Yeah, that, that's kind of part of that leading by example, right? Like you can say you're the leader all you want, or you can get these balls in clutch. If you're not making it, people can look at it and say, well, how are you leading us? Because you're not leading us to victories when you keep breaking these shots. I do think I do think that's fair. I do think that's something. I'm going to ask you this. This is the last thing on the Celtics. How urgent is it that, A, they f- identify who is the voice or captain on the team and I know you're not the kind of guy to go into panic mode with this, but how much longer of this can go on with losses, frustration? Before, if you're a C's fan, you got to start saying, I don't know. I don't know how this is going. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, Boston's one of those fan bases that's always going to be, the pressure is always hot there, right? Dudes are always going to start wilding out like in Philly. Look, I didn't <laughs> think they were going to be very good this year anyway. Right. So to me, it doesn't really matter, right? I, I don't. I mean, at best, I see them as a playing team. I know people are like, "Nah, they can battle for a four seed." I'm like, Boston. I don't see it. As much as I like Brown and Tatum, they got too many other issues in that roster. Who's the point guard? I know it's Marcus Smart, but that's my point. Right? <laughs> like, I just, I just don't love the rest of that roster. So, to me, it's more about Ime developing his culture and the style that he wants them to play. Those guys learning and getting better, and then what can you develop on the roster with the young guys, Time Lord, etc. And then, yo, who can you move out of there to bring in that point guard or that piece you need to actually move this roster forward? That's what I'm looking for more. And, you know, Ime's got to kind of put his head down and really, listen, this is a long haul. It makes you wonder, though. Brad Stevens said he was worn out after coaching. Well, okay. NBA coaching is a very stressful job and will wear you out. You know what else is a stressful job that will wear you out? Fucking president of basketball operations, <laughs> which is the job he went to immediately after. Yep. So I'm kind of like, so did you know this was coming, Brad? Were you kind of getting a sense that like, mm, I don't really want to stick around for this dumpster fire next year with these two. Not saying, just saying. Just saying. And I will say this, just saying. You know there's going to be some people out there, Gerard, that are longing for the days of Brad Stevens here. <laughs> They're wishing the genius coach was back Please. on the bench. The uh, formerly proclaimed best coach in the league. Mm, you know Lord that uh, there are people that are going to be talking about that. All right, enough of the Celtics drama. <laughs> Moving on to other things that we like to talk about in the league. Okay, this is going to be a little bit numbers-related, guys. Mm-hmm. Shooting, specifically three-point shooting, but shooting overall in the league is down right now. Again, I'm still the person to be like, pump the brakes. We're still in that small sample size theater range. But shooting is down right now. How bad is it? Well, look, let's look at some numbers. So this was... Heading into Tuesday night's games, the field goal percentage in the league average sits at 44.6. That's one of the lowest marks in the last 10 years. The league average three-point percentage is the lowest in 18 years at 34.2. Now, Gerard, there's been a lot of talk about this, why this is, 
why this is going on. One of the big topics of conversation is the new basketball in the NBA. They switched over from Spalding. They are now with Wilson. And some players, Paul George has talked about this, CJ McCullough talked about it, have been saying it's been taking some time to adjust to the new ball. Do you buy that? Is this the reason for the poor shooting that we are seeing in the NBA? What do you think is going on with the three-point shooting percentages and shooting across the league down right now? I mean, it isn't like how it was in 06 when the composite ball came out, right? And guys were like, get rid of this thing. The Wilson ball is the same ball as a Spalding ball. It just has Wilson on it. Like, I don't, like, now, I will say this. NBA athletes, all high-level athletes, are creatures of habit and do not like when anything gets changed to their routine. So no doubt about it, they're feeling some kind of way, right? These balls are new. They haven't been worn in yet, right? So, like, I I get it. I 100% get it. But I don't think that's the reason. I think part of it is, and again, it's small sample size. What do we have? Seven, eight games of data, like, so far? Like, let's not lose our minds. I think a lot of it is the way the game's being officiated, right? In the sense Mm -hmm. that with the foul calls or the lack of foul calls on three-point shots, right? Those shot attempts that you're you're not getting the foul call on, well, they count now, right? That's a that's a missed attempt versus in the past. We're not going to count that as a missed attempt. You're going to the free throw line instead, right? So that could have something to do with the, the, the lower numbers. I think it'll start evening itself out, but it is something of note. You are seeing elite shooters breaking wide open shots. Now, here's the other thing, and I've mentioned this before. This is part of the third season in one calendar year. How are those legs doing? I think we got a lot of tired legs and a lot of dudes who are like, man, this has been a grind. And again, people don't want to hear that. You get paid millions of dollars to play a kid game, blah, 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 all this bullshit. Look, man, playing NBA basketball is hard, okay? Playing three seasons in 12 months, really hard. I think that's part of what we're seeing. I think that's a really good point. You know who can't be happy about all this? Wilson. Because it makes their ball look bad. All this talk about how, <laughs> oh, the ball's changed and now it's bad. Spalding, meanwhile, sitting there like, mm, y'all should come back to us. Y'all should come back to us at the end of this deal. But you know you're going to hear that. You brought up the NBA officiating, and there's been a lot of talk about this. We talked about this, I think, when we fried our first episode. And I said, look, I love the way the game is looking this season. And this was early on after a couple of games. I like the flow of the game. It looks a lot better. I still feel that way after seven, eight games. What I've seen, I just like the flow of the game and the way things look, but there has been some complaining about that. We saw Trey Young last week, he had his comments about the officiating, said he didn't like it. He also said that he thought this was the reason certain players were off to slow starts, a la Damian Lillard and others. Uh, Now that you've seen a little bit more, Gerard, are you liking the way the game has been officiated where we got some of these, you know, BS foul hunting? Out of the game, I, I think has been good. How do you feel about the way things have been so far through seven, eight games? I'm with you. The flow of the game is better, and the unnatural basketball moves, I'm cool with that, with that being taken out. But what I am seeing, Dexter, though, is it's like anything else. Whenever something is tilted one too far in one direction, as it was with the foul drawing in the past, the way that we correct and course correct is an overreaction in the other direction. And I've been watching these games closely, and where I feel like the officials are not making calls are on plays at the rim. They are Mm. so caught up with, no, the offensive player is initiating contact. They're actually missing points where dudes are literally getting hit on the head and they're not calling it. They're just not. And so that's my issue that I'm seeing right now is that the refs are so keened in in their mind. We got to worry about the offensive guy 
hooking his arm or initiating contact. So anytime they see a motion, their, their, their whistle's getting stuck in their pocket as opposed to, no, but Trayon's getting hit in the head. This guy's getting hit in the head and you're not calling it. Oh, uh, really quick, I just want to point out the GOAT just scored his second goal. That's right. Man United tied up with Atalanta in the Champions League. That's two for CR7. <laughs> Dex ain't even got nothing to say. He's just like moving on. Look, 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 look man. Um, so, you know, from seeing this, we are not recording this live on a Wednesday. But what I, what I, you know, let's, let's pull people behind the curtain a little bit because what they might not know, might not understand about this is we have a group chat going on. And from time to time, Gerard thinks that everybody in the group chat actually cares about his boy Cristiano Ronaldo and everything he does. So he gives us these updates and none of us care. I mean, really only two of us in this group chat care about soccer. But let me tell you something. I'll put my name on it. I don't care. And so how arrogant he is in terms of the soccer, he felt like he had to update everybody in the middle of this show, which you really did to just needle me, which that's much, really it's much, about. It's to needle much, me about yeah, it. It's really, much, that's all it is about. It's like, oh, how can I tell Dexter in, in this segment that I come on that, you know what, CR7 just did something amazing again. He's insufferable, Woo! guys. He's insufferable. He's insufferable. That's, that's what you call a Cristiano Ronaldo fan who's just, yeah, you know, man. pretty much being an asshole. That's, that's what you call That's what you call it's just pretty much been a chunk. Listen, <laughs> man, I, I gotta gotta put on for my guy. No, but in all seriousness, though, <laughs> yeah. that that is that's what I'm seeing though in with 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 the officiating. Right, they are not calling fouls at the rim as they should be that I'm seeing right. early on, and I'm wondering are we going to see that course correct itself back? Maybe. I, I do wonder that too in seeing that. And I, I feel like I've seen the same thing watching the games, right? Like I've seen that, you know, guys have been getting hit close and you see a lot of guys driving in and they're complaining about that. And to some degree, I think we said this and I said this uh, when I talked about the Trey Young comments on this show that I understand some of the frustration to a degree. There's going to be an adjustment period in all of these things. Officiating is not perfect, but I do think we have to try to get things better. So that brings me to one of the things I want to talk about. Another talk is like, well, what's the next step of things in terms of officiating that might be good for the league to get out of the game? And the Euro foul, which mm-hmm. is, you know, intentionally fouling somebody mm-hmm. when they're uh, to on their way the to break. a lane, mm-hmm. give the, stop the fast break. I do find it interesting that they call it the Euro foul because FIBA got this about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they've stopped that where if you do that, uh, it's two shots and the ball rule that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the Euro foul? I saw Frank Vogel, Lakers head coach say the other day that he would like the NBA to look into this. I think the competition committee should absolutely look into this. I think it's the next evolution of what we should do in terms of keeping the good pace of play that we have now. What do you think? Does that bother you? Do you think it's it's imminent? Do you think this is something on the eyes and ears of those on the competition committee around the NBA? That's a no-brainer. How is it that that's not out of the league? Like, right. <laughs> We want to see fast breaks and two-on-ones and dunks. and oh, That's what fans want to see. Why should you get rewarded for just sticking your arm out and, like, you know, uh, uh, grabbing a player? The defense that caused the turnover to then transition into a fast break on offense, they need to be rewarded for their hard work. So I love the idea of penalizing the team that takes that foul. Two shots and the ball. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I love it. I really, I really, really, really hope that it will happen. You know what I feel like? I feel like this should also have penalties for people who just decide randomly in the middle of a show to bring up Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> we should have penalties for that. What, 
What should we do for that to my producer, Greg? Do we just, like, dump and get Gerard up out of nah, here? Is that, nah, is that what we have nah. to do? Listen, y'all got to stop hating, man. Been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> Gerard said, give him the hook. Yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all been hating, man. Been trying to tell y'all. Stop hating. I just want to let people know that, let me tell you, Gerard <laughs> might have a lot of lip right now, but a couple weeks ago, when my grads <laughs> from Liverpool destroyed Man- Manchester United 5-0, there was nothing to be said from this man. I mean, I was nothing. in there. I, I took my medicine like a man. I wasn't hiding in the group chat. I was, I was, I, I and, was and, there. And now he's now he's bouncing back with his chest <laughs> out because his boy did some stuff. We should be noted. His boy did nothing against Liverpool. But that's y'all go. That's y'all go. They did nothing against nothing against Liverpool. See, that, see, Brian's gonna see this clip and see the assholeness that went on by Gerard, and he's gonna be like, "Man, you know what I would have done." I've been so mad. I've been so mad. I wanted to fight Gerard. Nah, it's not that serious. But you it's know, Brian Fonseca brings that energy. That's always, that. always. <laughs> not that serious. We, we, we out here have a good time, man. This is all in fun. All fun and good. Oh, always fun and good to talk NBA with nuance. We do this every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Myself and Gerard Hector. Please catch him on Seven Footers Podcast. Also catch him on Bring It In on True Hoop. Gerard, another Wednesday of NBA with nuance and no hot takes. Listen, man, we're not Other here than for that. I take about Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, we, listen, yeah. we're here for facts, dog. You're trying to tell you, though, check tape. Check the tape. When I say check tape, you ain't got nothing to say after that. Check tape. Check the check tape, tape. Of that, check the tape <laughs> of that 5 nothing win of Liverpool <laughs> over Manchester man, United. You, you bring it up one regular season game against Liverpool as the only evidence. Check. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just trying to have some. I'm just trying to have some evidence for you to shut up about CR7. But I see that that's not going to happen. I see that that's not going to happen. That is your Hector. I'm Dexter Henry. Catch us next time on the NBA Exchange.